Okay, <clears throat> let's get those energy levels up. Dave, I've been, you know, you know that weird feeling when you've been sitting in silence all day and then you like hear your own voice. <laughs> You're like, oh. uh, but the, the thing about it is, uh, DK, is that nobody loves the sound of my voice more than I do. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I hear you on that front. <laughs> it's more just like, oh, hi, also. Anyway, <laughs> I just came to the realization that I was wondering what was wrong with my brain just now. All right, I'm ready. Energy level's going. I'm ready to talk some football. Lock in. I love doing this. This is great. I love football shows. They're so easy. All right, let's go. Welcome to Missing the Point. Guess what? Throwing you a curveball. That's a baseball reference. That's nomenclature from the baseball world. We're not doing baseball today. That's the second curveball, strike two. We're doing football again. We got to talking in the the group chat about best case scenarios for our respective NFL teams. So Mike and I thought we'd put a little show on to kind of... God, Mike, but I, I think I just had a trauma response when I said little show of like Vic Michaels being like, don't say little. You're, you're giving him the whole song. You're not giving him the... I think he loved you, though. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but it was an abusive, toxic relationship. I, I, for those for those not in the know, we're talking about our old uh, radio teacher, which really, us meeting on the radio show in college is why we do this. So the etymology of the show is is uh, important. It's, it's, the, it's the lore. You know, it's the lore of missing the point. But anyway, all digressions aside, we got to talk about what our dream off-seasons would be for our respective teams, mine being the Chicago Bears, his being the New England Patriots, we were going to try and include Bobby to do a little Dallas Cowboys offseason preview, which we would have loved because I would have spent the whole show being like, what are you going to do about Dak Prescott? Because <laughs> he's just not Same. dude, you know, so that would have been fun to just sort of bully, uh, bully Bobby for a few minutes. But he's got real adult shit to deal with. So uh, we, we left him to it. And it's just the Bears and the Pats today. Um I spent a lot of time thinking about this, Mike, because what you don't realize when you set up the premise of a show where you say like, yeah, let's just talk about our best case scenario off seasons is uh, there's so many positions on a football team. And when you're a fan of the Chicago Bears, you come to quickly realize that your fantasy offseason would replace 98 percent of the players that play <laughs> those positions. So uh, we're going to do this in a in a realistic fashion. Like no one's going to go and get you know like someone that's unavailable. If you want to trade for someone, uh you you got to put together a realistic trade package, you know. I'm not trading for anyone. So I don't know if you are. I'm just doing free agency and and drafts. So if Mike you're doing trades, you got some stuff going on. They had the packages are going to have to be somewhat realistic. But it is, you know, it is your best case scenario. So like I would imagine you're going to win these trades, but it's uh, it's not going to be something insane like we've we've uh, traded Nelson Aguilar to the Kansas City Chiefs for Pat Mahomes straight up. Wait, that's not that's that's not an option. Cross that one off. I'm not I'm not allowing it. I know. There goes the entire show. Work. That was good prop work right there. So uh, moving on, we're gonna do. I'm gonna do the Bears. You're going to do the pants. I'm going to start just to get this shit out of the way because I've done, I, I have to get every, I have to get through every position <laughs> on, a, on a football team with the exception of quarterback because you may or may not know, uh, a lot of times listeners of this show may or may not know, I'm a big uh, Justin Fields guy. Oh, are you, Dave? Are we you? Will, we, sh- we shan't be trading Justin Fields like some of the boob talking heads out there on uh, four letter networks have, have been uh, proposing. That's not going to happen. I'm, I don't want to draft Bryce Young. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take that first overall pick that Lovey Smith so graciously went and won us in the last game of the season, and I'm going to trade that to, drum roll, it's, it's actually anticlimactic. I'm going to trade it to the Colts, which is what everyone expects to happen. But I do like the Hall the best. People have floated the Panthers. They floated a couple other, you know, the Texans would be embarrassing for them, but like maybe, you know, to, to go down to two. We don't need to be a one. We don't need to be a two. We don't need to be a three. We need to draft Will Anderson at four. And for all you Jalen Carter fans, it's not because he was he murdered somebody by racing his car last night. It's it's not because of that. I don't think that that's going to help his draft stop. Uh, obviously, that's not the the priority of, of a tragedy like that. But I, in the I, have, context, I have a question. Yeah, go for it. Do you think it's going to hurt his draft stock? I think it might hurt his draft <laughs> stock slightly. Okay. 
and I have a I have a little bit of a uh, of a what if scenario uh, coming up because I'm going to do the draft first, then I'm going to sign some free agents, then I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm going to ask you what what you think that Bears team looks like next season once I've built it for you in your mind's eye. So we're going to draft Will Anderson because we desperately need help at the edge rushing position now. Just to save us time, we desperately need help everywhere. So I'm not going to keep saying that every time I improve a position. But what I do believe is you can build a team, a defense in today's NFL around an edge rusher. I think what used to be a fast outside linebacker, you know, like a Brian Urlacher type in the context of the of the Chicago Bears, a guy that could drop back into cover two, but also apply pressure on the quarterback when needed and stop the run as, in my opinion, one of the best run stoppers in the history of, of, of the National Football League from the linebacker position. I think that position's involved. And I, and I think everyone that watches the NFL can see that. Will Anderson's a great edge rusher coming out of Alabama. I don't know about you, but I just like getting guys from Alabama. They always seem like a little taller than everyone else to weigh about 20 <laughs> pounds more than everybody else. It's weird. Whatever the position is, uh, they always just seem, you know, they seem they seem like they know, they know what they're doing down there <laughs> when it yeah. comes to football in Alabama. So I like that pick. Now, that's that's not that's not to say that Jalen Carter is not going to be a great defensive tackle in the in the NFL, but we're also going to get the 35th pick from the Colts, and we're going to get two uh, a first round pick and a second round pick in 2024. So that's a haul, right? That's four picks, two this year, two next year. We're not going to deal with next year's picks, but I think with that 35th pick. We could potentially get Jalen Duncan, who's an offensive tackle, which is a, you know, it's not a pretty position to sign. It's not, it's not glamorous. It's not sexy, but you need it. And the Bears desperately need it. I said I wasn't, wasn't going to keep repeating that, but it's true of everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, and I am desperate. But also, like, how far is Jalen Carter going to drop? Because of that whole thing. Because it's pretty fresh. I don't know where it's going to be. Are we going to get him for the fourth pick in the second round or the 35th overall pick i don't i don't think so <laughs> but if he's still there i think we should draft jalen carter because then we get them both and that's what i would do in madden so i don't know why it's so hard to do in irl i don't think it's going to happen so i think if, if that's the case then i think we we go get uh we go get what's his knuckles uh jalen duncan at, at offensive tackle because we need to make some spruce some things up there third and fourth round picks no specific names but uh, we definitely i think should go take a punt on an athletic corner, uh, maybe an athletic strong safety. I think we have a good kind of group of really young guys in the secondary, and I think one or two will emerge as really good. I think that uh, we have Jalen Johnson, a quarterback. It's like our one really like solid, good player, but he's a little injury prone. I think Kyler Gordon or you know any of these guys, any of these young guys can maybe pop up and have a really big season for us next season, especially if they're put in a defensive core where we go and actual, make actual improvements. What I don't want is I don't want to take punts at the linebacker position. So, free agency, right off the bat, we go get Bobby Okariki at linebacker. He used to play for Matt Everflus already. And we're going to partner him with Quan Alexander from the Jets. Because we got $100 million in salary cap, so I'm just, sky's the limit. And we just build that linebacker court right there. They're going to complement each other beautifully. They've played in, like, uh, Okariki's played in an Everflus system before. And you can sort of just use him as a, you know, you bring in a guy from where he used to be. And you use him as a as a central point to start building the defense around. He's not, li- he's not lights out, but he's young. And there's going to be a theme. Everybody I get is young. Everybody I get is 27 or younger. Everyone. Because we're already a young team, so you got to just start just start right there. He's young, he's cheap. Same with Quan Alexander; he's a little bit more expensive, but he's also you know it's not it's not break the bank type numbers, and you can go get him, and then bang, you have your linebacker core, fucking easy. Now the bad news is I really wanted Deron Payne, but fucking Washington franchise tagged him, so he's off the fucking board. Draymond Jones is my backup at defensive tackle. It saves you from having to draft Jalen Carter. I think there's a lot of talent in defensive tackle in this free agent market. I think there's a few guys we could go get. But edge rusher is so much, it's so much more rare to have a, like a like a Nick Bosa. You know, like th- these aren't guys you can just go find. It's it's not something right. you do uh, that people can just do. So I think we get Will Anderson as a chance he's Nick Bosa for the Bears. I Maybe. But... You got to you got to try you got to try on that. You know, you got to th- throw a little bit of a Hail Mary. I mean, 
there's it's it's an educated guess, but for free agency signings, I just think you can go get defensive tackles. You know what I mean? We we pepper we pepper the line with a couple of good defensive tackle signings built around uh built around that big signing. And Draymond Jones. We're gonna definitely have to I mean, I am bummed about Deron Payne, honestly, because he was I was kind of like really hoping that we could just build our entire defense around him. But I think I think the next best, the next best we'll be able to get. We have to improve our defensive line, which I told you. Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, Mike McGlinty. McGlintley. It's a hard name for me to say. He's a Notre Dame boy, though. So he, he he's not going to mind going from San Francisco to the Midwest again. You know, it, it, he's used to the cold. So Indiana, Chicago, same fucking difference. They're right next to each other. Uh, ben Powers. And this is going to be our new look offensive line to actually protect Justin Fields, who got fucking eviscerated for the last two seasons, uh, which, I mean, it's, it's unsurprising because there's absolutely nobody on the fucking team that can actually protect him. <laughs> and I think that our center, who got hurt last year, was, got hurt in the first, at like the actual first game and uh, didn't play all year. Harris comes back and he actually plays center for us. We cut Cody Whitehair, save five million there, and we hit bang. We have a new look offensive line. You keep Cole Komet at tight end. He's got good wide receiver, uh, good, good receiving numbers. Now the big question: weapons for Justin Fields. That's a tougher ask, okay? Because this isn't a wide receiver rich uh, uh, free agency. <laughs> a lot of people are calling for Michael Thomas from the Saints, signing for ten million or something. Oh. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I, Why? I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think people want him because uh, of they remember. This is the thing with, with wide receivers is is if you've had three bad seasons on the bounce, but you had two good seasons before that, people think of you as the guy of of the two good seasons when your name pops up in the free agency. And he was good. A quick question. Quick question. Yeah. When you say bad seasons, statistically. When he was on the field, he was still good. He just wasn't on the field. I say bad seasons in the sense that you couldn't rely on him. Yeah, okay. I think we've already been down that road at wide receiver. And I think we already have a couple of questions at the wide receiver position, most notably Chase, Chase Claypool. What does he look like once he learns the, the X's and O's? I think I'm positive on him. I, I've seen him be talented. I, he's young. I've, I've seen his, his talent and I've seen him be skillful. He barely got any targets when he came in because he dropped in the middle of the season. With a 22-year-old quarterback, now 23-year-old quarterback. So you got to give him a, a full season. Do I think he's a wide receiver one? No, I, I don't. But with the without trading for Tyler Higby, which I'm sure you're going to try to do, or DeAndre Hopkins, which I'm sure you're going to try to do, and making that big splash, I think the next logical course is to build a good, smart, young wide receiver core to help Justin Fields and give him a lot of time to go find him. You have to remember, Cole Komet, good pass catcher got better towards the end of the season another thing i'm going to do is re-sign david montgomery uh i think he helps justin fields i'm as you know i'm not a huge fan of paying running backs but i don't i think we can get him 14 if we get him for 14 people are saying 17 to 20 but i think we can bring him back for 14 if we can do that that's not crazy he's not getting paid quite as much as you know your joe mixons uh but he's getting paid a little bit more than your leonard Fournette's, which is about where I think David Montgomery should be. I think the reason you bring him back is because he has hands that are a lot better than Khalil Herbert's. I think Khalil Herbert might be a little bit of a better runner, especially in the open field. But Montgomery's got pass-catching ability that you can't afford to lose with a young quarterback. And I hate to admit this because I don't like re-signing running backs. I think there's a billion of them. But I think that they know each other and you got to give them that chance. Then, and this might be just to stick it to the Packers, but you go get Lazard. A lot of people Not are my, down on him. The, the, not my dude. Like that's just to stick to the backers. No, no. I think he's good. I, I think he's genuinely good. I, I think that people are a little down on him because he maybe has some loose lips locker room wise. It's not great how he left Green Bay. Like, even if you're like, I'm fucking done, I think there's a way to do it. But he did do it to the Packers, so that makes me happy. So I'm happy to have him come to Chicago as an extra fuck you. And he's a guy who played with Aaron Rodgers. So you can, you know, that's helpful for for uh, a quarterback like Justin Fields as long as they can like sort of get along and stay stay on the same page. I know that most Bears fans are probably screaming right now 
saying, why aren't we, if this is even a hypothetical, why aren't we going to, to get, uh, you know, your DeAndre Hopkins of the world or your, or your T Higgins is the world. And quite frankly, it's because we don't have anything to fucking give up for him if we're, uh, unless we're giving up draft capital. And I would rather spread those picks out and get solid guys because like I said at the start of the fucking podcast, we have a lot of work to do in a lot of areas. And I genuinely think if we have an ace off season like this, we could be good right away. I'm not saying we're going to be like perennial contenders uh, for the next five years starting next season, but I think we can be good right right off the bat, especially if Fields makes another another leap, right? So at this point, you got your wide receiver core is Chase Claypool, Lazard, Equiminius St. Brown, who is probably the worst of the two St. Brown brothers because I really am a fan <laughs> of Amon Ra. And uh, fun fun fact, we were watching the... Uh, I, I had Amon Ra on one of my fantasy teams last year and the wife and I were watching football and I was like, ah, oh, the St. Brown brothers. I was like, Amon Ra, interesting name. And Leo was like, yeah, I wonder if they're really into Egypt. And I was like, well, if you look at their ages, were the parents really into Egypt or did they just go see the mummy in 1999? And then have have kids and name them based on the ninety nine mummy, not necessarily the like just being like Egyptologist because <laughs> that movie was fire. Don't get me wrong, Def that movie was it, it's definitely sick. It's definitely the mummy, bro. And yeah, we looked it up, and the timeline fits. They they yeah. went, they got their ass blown off by the mummy ninety nine starring Brendan Fraser and uh, Rachel Weiss, looking absolutely fire, like peak Rachel Weiss. Uh, the bald guy being all creepy playing Imhotep and they went home and they made babies and then they ma- named their babies Egypt names because everybody was into Egypt after they saw this, <laughs> that fucking movie for like at least a year. So that's definitely what happened. But anyway, we got Equimania St. Brown. Now, another big thing we got to do. This is huge. We got to extend Darnell Mooney. We have to. Uh, he's the best chemistry receiver with Fields by far. He got injured in week 12. So like, you know, shit happens. Uh, but we need to give him a full season with we need to give Fields a full season with his fa- favorite receiver. That's just the way it's got to work. I think we should go. We should, we, you know, we I think Braxton Jones can still make it into the into the offensive line. I think we cut like I said, we cut Cody Whitehair. He used to be awesome. But, you know, we've got Patrick at this point. We've got Jalen Duncan out of the draft. We got Ben Powers, I mentioned. I think there was one more offensive lineman that I really wanted. Oh, Orlando Brown Jr. Yeah, I already said him. So like that offensive line is looking nice, you know, like that's given Justin Fields time to become the quarterback that I think that he can be. And I do, I'm not looking to make the Bears into, like I said, I'm not looking to make them into uh, like a 13 win team next season. I, I want them to win 10 games, best case scenario. And I think that if I go and I get all these guys with this great edge rusher, again, a rookie year, like, you know, give, give him some space. With this great edge rusher, with a team built by the guys that were asked, tasked and asked to come in here and build this team, finally with their own presence on it, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Eberflus is a defensive coach. He's got Okariki in there, which is his guy. He's starting to put his stamp and his identity on the team. And uh, Poles trusts him and, and goes and gets some of the guys that he, that he should. Resigns the players that should be resigned, and you just at all costs with the with the big offensive line revamp, you protect Justin Fields, and you make sure he plays a full healthy season. I want him to be one of the least sacked quarterbacks instead of one of the most sacked quarterbacks. I want him to be able to practice throwing the ball without having to run it when the play breaks down, and I want him to uh, not get hurt. So if we can make that happen, we can start to turn this team into a winning team. It's going to all depend on what we do with that first pick. It's going to all depend on if players want to come here, uh, come to Chicago. I, I, you know, in my, when I was a kid, it was a place that players wanted to be. I don't know if it is anymore. I, I don't know what the what the landscape looks like. Where, you know, that was the worst season in in the history, it, like statistically, and and win loss wise, it was the worst season in the history of the of the of the what me watching the Bears. And I think that what is interesting to point out is that's a good thing for me because right. you know, languishing in the middle is not a way to become a winning team, you know, and all we've right. ever been is average. And that's the worst thing you can be is not quite good enough and not quite shitty enough to do a full fucking rebuild. So here we are. We finally bit the bullet. We we essentially tanked. Uh, we somehow got the first overall pick and now we're in power position to improve the team. And I think they need to start doing it aggressively. And right away, they need to spend that fucking salary cap, you know, make the smart cuts of the older guys like they've been doing. We'll get that second round pick that we traded for Claypool back. 
if we get that uh, Colts package that I'm talking about, dream dream scenario, build that linebacker core out of free agency, uh, build the safeties, like you know, put put more young guys in the safety and and in the whole secondary essentially, and get a good wide receiver in, keep the running backs there, and give Justin Fields a chance to succeed, which is the 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 philosophy that I've been expounding on since we got the guy, it's like, I want to win and lose on this guy. I, I want to do it. And if he's not, the right. guy, it's not the guy, but this is, uh, this is what I want to do. So, but that being said, if I get everything I want on my wish list, Mike, do you think I get to my 10 wins? Uh, so now, now keep in mind, do keep in mind the division that I'm in. Yes. I will yes, be in yes. an Aaron Rodgers, Kirk cousins division. That's all I'm saying, right? Now, what the Vikings, I think, learned what we all already knew about themselves going into this next season. I think there might be like a we're good, but we're not that good kind of attitude around that place. I've seen it happen before. And I think that they have to know on some level that they're never going to get there with Kirk Cousins. No Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay who are already worse. And Detroit or Detroit. So, you know. I could see it. That's yeah, six, I, that's yeah, two, I, six winnable games right there. I think you're at eleven wins in, 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 in an Aaron in, in an Aaron Rodgerless uh, NFC North. Only because now this is a hot take, but it does. It's a little bit of a callback to uh, now two and a half years ago. I think that the Lions are the best team in that division right now. Right now, that's interesting. That is a hot take. I, I, I think that Jared Goff and that offense have proven that that, that, that they just need to get better on defense. But I, I it's listen, this. I think that, said and done. I think the, I think the Vikings are just they're just shit. I mean, yeah, they're not. It, it, yeah, yeah, as long as Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, you will not do anything. I promise. You can win as many regular season games against sure which teams as you want. But I agree. I mean, I I do agree that the offense in the first half of the season for the Lions looked good, but it's tough for me to think that they're going to do anything but be Detroit again because it's it's just they have never failed to do that for me so it's just hard for it's they've never ever not come through for me that's just like a fact they've they just always come through no matter what the speculation is in the offseason going in oh well they did this oh they have this new culture oh they got this new guy but I'm here I've been listening to this for fucking years it, it is fair to or, or you should note that the fact that that this is the second best offensive squad that they have had in your entire fandom of the Bears. Sure. I mean, this is this is second to Stafford and Megatron. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, I don't I, like they were also like you had Calvin Johnson and you couldn't right. do shit with it. And now you what you're I'm supposed to be scared of Jared Goff. I, it's not I'm not going to wake up in the morning scared of Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. I 100% believe that going into next season, knowing that Aaron Rodgers is going to be in probably New York, uh, that the Bears have the best quarterback in that division. I know it for a fact. So well, for me, yes, it's straight, yeah. For me, it's just like that's that's the defining. I mean, yeah, I don't <clears throat> I don't want to get 11 wins because everybody around me sucks either. You know, it's like I want to go in and, and get challenged by that that Detroit offense. I do. I also know they have the worst defense in the NFL. One of, uh, maybe a little bit better than the. Ravens maybe a little bit better than the Texans, but they're terrible. So I'm not. You, how good that offense was? They lost so many games because they were just coughing up points. The Patriots fucking stepped on them too offensively, like they're you know from the Patriots' perspective defensively, and figured out that offense pretty early in the season, and it did seem to throw them into a little bit of a schism. So I do think they're very beatable. But I I, I guess I see your point. Like on paper. But they do this. They flatter to deceive, Mike. They do this. This is what the Lions do. They trick you. They, you know, they they trick you into thinking that they might be good. But I mean, goddamn, I'm just so fucking happy to every time I read an article speculating Aaron Rodgers is not going to be in that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be in Green Bay and he's going to be in fucking the Jets or or somewhere anywhere else, Las Vegas. I have no idea. I'm sure Brady, like officially retiring, is is throwing some sort of doubt into some of the landscape there, but. Uh, Yeah, I mean, if you're giving me 11 wins, that's fucking great. And I do want to obviously talk about it once we officially make all these moves or like some of them or none of them or whatever happens. And we will do an official preview. But yeah, I think this is like a pretty decent wish list and a representation of the Bears fan base. I think that a lot of people would agree. I think the one sticking point for a lot of people is probably going to be not going to get a big name wide receiver. But I'm, you know, I don't know if I want to break the bank on that yet. You know, maybe you just save a little salary cap. You wait until... 
Stefan Diggs is sick of fucking not winning in Buffalo and his contract is up in a couple of years. And then, and then, you know, Justin Fields is 25, 26 and he's legit and guys want to come catch for him. And that's when you go get your wide receiver. And that's the last piece is how I'm sort of picturing it. So, but you know, you got to give them guys to throw to. So I think Lazard, Mooney, um, Claypool, Komet, Montgomery, those are all good hands to throw to. So, uh, you know, don't yell at me, Bears fans. I just, I, I know I can be a little conservative in these situations, but, uh, don't worry if you're if you're uh, concerned about conservative stuff. I have a feeling that Mike's going to hit you with a complete Patriots revamp. Uh, oh, first first on the uh, first on the agenda, uh, Joe Montana's put through a time machine, <laughs> and now he plays quarterback for the New England Patriots. No, please, Mike, take it away. What's happening with so, the New England Patriots this year? All right, so the biggest needs going into 2023 for the Patriots are wide receiver. I would say safety and offensive line help. It must be nice uh, to have like Jones. a needs list that isn't like just the whole team. But yeah, go ahead. Well, the problem here is, Dave, is now that when you say uh, things like that is I'm assuming that the Patriots defense is as good as they looked to be last year. And I don't know that because we've been tricked now four straight years with them. But here's what I'm going to do. This is a this is a setup for a bigger move. But uh, the, the New England Patriots are going to trade their... Uh, Third round pick, number 76 overall. Their fourth round pick, 107th overall. And their four, their next fourth round pick, 135th overall to Bill Belichick's best friend, Josh McDaniels of the Las Vegas Raiders for the second round, number 30 overall pick. That's it. Just, just, a, just, a, just a swap because Bill lo- loves his second round picks. Next, we're going to trade John New Smith and the number 14 overall pick for DeAndre Hopkins, the Arizona Cardinals. Who? Arizona, wa- Arizona wants to get rid of, of that awful cap hit uh, for Hopkins. The Patriots have $93 million in cap space this year. So oh, that's actually a lot. The Bears have like yeah. 99, and I, I thought that was a shitload. So you're so well, you're, you're but like, pay- wait, but Belichick doesn't like going to get the DeAndre Hopkins is the world. He loves, he loves DeAndre Hopkins. I know, but he doesn't ever go do it. Like he did it with Moss, and that's it. And well, he did it with Ocho Cinco, but only because Ocho Cinco well, uh, got cut. That was pa- that was past. He was past his prime, though. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. So, but this is this is all realistic. So, number fourteen overall in Johnny Smith, who makes uh, ten point six million dollars a year for DeAndre Hopkins. So now you've that actually be- is that behooves the Arizona Cardinals to do that. Okay. So now I have D Hop. I'm then going to trade my two. Second round picks and a fourth round pick for T. Higgins. Wow, you're going to get both of them. It's all doable based on the cap. I I I, I ran the numbers here. I all spent, right. by the way, I spent four hours doing a draft to figure out if these trades would actually go through, and they would. Oh, all right. I mean, I guess my my first question is like. You know the way I kind of posed my rebuild as as like this is based around Justin Fields, where he's going to be next year, where he's going to be in like a couple of years. Is this you basically saying that like if if you give Mac Jones those two guys, you could win a, a Super Bowl? Well, no, no. no. So this is my th- this is my ask of them and my desire of them to get to twelve to thirteen wins. They were eight and nine last year, so this will, this will increase their win total by about four to five wins. And I'm also operating under the assumption that Jacoby Myers is gone. And I don't want that. But what I about do Nelson Aguilar? Is he still in your receiver? Yeah, he's, yeah. No, no, he's gone. Okay, cool. So, so, your, so your receivers are DeAndre Hopkins, uh-huh. T. Higgins, Devontae Parker, uh, and then Tyquan Thornton, Toronto, number four. You know, you, you got rid of, uh, you got rid of John Smith. Hunter Henry is back. So oh, you're going to need him. Yeah. You, and you've been paying John ten million dollars a year for the last two years to be no a reason. fucking offensive lineman, yeah, right? For no reason. Okay, yeah. so that's all that I'm going to do in the draft because now I've pretty much used all their picks. With those two things happening, the Patriots still have fifty-eight million dollars of cap space for next year. I am signing safety Jordan Poyer from Buffalo. He is six foot, six foot one, one hundred ninety-two pounds, and we don't, we don't, yeah, we don't need the the shell of Devin McCordy coming back. Even if he does whatever, he he can't play every snap. So now you have a fast, athletic safety. Who, by the way, forty seven solo tackles, four picks, and he only allowed sixteen 
receptions on him in man coverage all last year. So you solidified that. I'm also, there's some overlap here, DK. I'm going to sign Ben Powers. Because yeah, we, I mean it's a good it's a good signing. I mean, if, I I looked at the I looked at kind of cheap like cost essentially of like a lot of uh, my big like line rebuilds and my and yeah. like obviously I saved money a little bit in the secondary by just going like go and get me some young guys and we'll just have a little secondary competition which I had to do. But like Ben Powers isn't super expensive, you know. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of there's a lot of talent out there at guard at tackle. Like a surprising amount, I should say, in the free agency that you could just go, you can go and revamp yourself a nice offensive line, which I think you do need a little bit of work on, probably not as much as me, but I like Ben Powers. I I, I hope we get him instead of you, but I, I'm glad that it, it was at least an informed, uh, an informed decision on both of our parts. Right. So now with those with 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 just those moves, you've now transformed your offense. So you're starting quarterback, who, by the way, I'm keeping as Matt Jones because I do believe that if you surround him with talent like he was in Alabama. He can be a very, very, very good quarterback. So now you have Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, then you have him throwing to Hopkins, T. Higgins, Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, and Hunter Henry. And that was being protected by Ben Powers. So literally, all, all the problems that were happening in the, 2000, the 2022 season, right? When you really think about it, yes, the offensive line was bad, but the offensive line, I think that Mac Jones was sacked about 15 more times and he needed to be because his option B was already covered. So Matt Patricia's offense was very simple. You have one or two options. I think with Billy O'Brien coming back here, that, that now that they're at least going to have a plan C and D. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was going to mention the fact that, uh, you know, you're, I think if we, had we done this show right after the end of the season, the first thing that would have come up when talking about the Patriots is that you had to gut that, that coaching room from, you know, below Bill down essentially. And there would have been no point in doing this show without the idea that like, you you know, Bill O'Brien coming back, I think is good. Anybody would have been better uh, than right. you, me at, at offensive coordinator. It's it, it was an absolute joke. I still have this thing about Bill Belichick in my head where like I it, everything he does still seems on purpose, you know, and it's <laughs> just like, yeah, fuck it. We gave the guy a job for a year. This year wasn't going to be anything, you know, like I, I'm he's looking two years in the future, maybe anyway. Bill O'Brien comes back. You got a better. I mean, it was. It's probably the best coaching revamp of the off season, if we're being honest. And then you're watching Las Vegas. You know, go all in on Josh McDaniels. Like, cut Derek Carr before his his bonus. The, the you know the day before his bonus comes up or, or whatever whatever those numbers were. And you're like, oh, you're going all in that guy. Okay, cool. And you guys did that coaching shuffle. You already had Bill Belichick, and like, yeah, if you put some. If, put those two guys on the Patriots with, with Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach I think that's a little bit of a different it's a different team it's yeah. a completely different team my, my theory is here is that if you put enough star power or or just competent players on the offensive side and you do have a competent offensive play caller Bill can get back to doing the things that he was doing in the Super Bowl against the Falcons when you're down 28 to 3 and he wasn't even watching the offense play he was coaching the defense his strength is still coaching the defense. If he has to dabble at fucking all in offensive play calling, we're screwed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely screwed. Also, I was thinking to myself about instead of T. Higgins, actually, instead of Devontae Park, uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, going to get Jerry Judy. The problem, though, there is, is that Sean Payton, there's, there's one thing that he likes to do more than, uh, than rehabilitating quarterbacks. It's having a star wide receiver. I don't see I don't see him letting go of a young Jerry Judy. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I think everybody wants Jerry Judy. I think that's right. the best scenario for a lot of people, but I don't I don't see why Payton would fuck himself like that going into his first year in a new team. Although there's a lot of work to be done there. So like maybe you do just completely start over. Here's my second hot take though. For the I think one of the one of the biggest moves that the Patriots could do, and I don't I don't know if they will, is keep Joe Judge on the staff and just move him back to special teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were four kick returns for a touchdown last year, and the Patriots led up two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a weird season watching them be, like, coached. I, I don't know if you, like, necessarily blame Bill Belichick. I think there's a lot of reactionary yes. people there that are, like... Well, but, but, but to your point, though, if you think that he does everything on purpose, then you have to blame him. You well, have to. I mean, it, I guess... I guess the the question then is like, what's the blame then? Because I it what you're putting you're telling me that you're going into this season with a shit ton of cap space, 
What are your drafts like? What are your what are your picks like? Do you have any? Uh, based off of what I just did, no. Yeah. But in, in rea- in reality, the Patriots have the 14th overall pick. The 46th. no, sure, 46th. but you have none left after you make these trades. So you're you're going off of stock. No, well, no. So here, what I'm doing is I'm sticking to Belichick's strength and picking from the fifth round on, because right. when he drafts. Because you don't drafts, want Bill Belichick making picks in this draft. No. You're you're on the record as saying that he's not a good GM. So if he trades these picks away, you don't have to watch another Patriots first, second, third round drafting. I don't, I don't get, have to watch him. made in okay. ready-made wide receivers. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to watch him pick Nikhil Harry over DK Metcalf. Right. Yeah, that's a tough look. Nothing's ever, nothing's ever going to be as bad as trading up for, uh, for Mitch Trubisky and not getting Pat Mahomes though. So, yeah, a t- no, 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 no. I, I think so. Here's my, here's the difference for me. You can either catch and run a route, or you can't. Right. That's it. Quarter, the college quarterbacks can be inflated by the team around them. Well, I don't know, because like Nikhil Harry's now on the Bears, and I've seen him make some plays, and I just sort of feel like name three. Name three. I mean, he, I, we didn't have a ton of highlights at the water series <laughs> position last season, but he made some. He made some catches. He's, he didn't look yeah. to me like I remember watching him on the I, watching him on the Patriots comparatively. He looked like he shouldn't be in the NFL the last season he was playing in the, in in New England. And then the few times he came out to catch the ball, I mean, expectations are different. Context is very different. You know, it's we took a punt on him. Uh, it's fine. He doesn't get on the field very often either, which is a problem. But I don't know. He was all right. He had some decent hands. He made one. He actually did make one really good deep catch for a touchdown late in the season, probably like week 15 or 16. And I remember you commenting about it. Uh, but his route running probably does leave a little bit to be, to be desired. And I, I can understand why you've reached the level you've reached with Nikhil Harry. So I don't want to poke that. I don't want to poke that boil anymore. But so. That's the best wide. If you make those trades, that's the best wide receiver core the Patriots have ever had. <laughs> Just for the record. So, so not to go down Patriot memory lane, but I, I don't know if it's better than 07. You mean like Wayne Wallace, uh, Wes, Wes Walker, Walker, Dante Stallworth, Dante Stallworth? I just feel like I feel like Brown. Uh, I feel like D Hop is like comparable. He's he's a top he's a top three wide receiver. When's the last time you had one of those? He's one of the best three wide receivers in the NFL. The I last mean, time Julian you had one of those Julian different type of guy, though, you know what I mean? It's like a, it's a different and T Higgins. Like you then have the one of the best, one of the top three wide receiver twos in the entire NFL right there. So right. that's I mean, yeah, I mean, it's arguable. There's a discussion to be had. there's definitely a discussion to be had. I think that discussion probably ends when you remember then that Tom Brady was thrown to that 07 core and Mac Jones is thrown to this current one that you've outlined for us. But uh, it would make Mac Jones look like a top eight quarterback potentially if if this I you know he could be the eighth best quarterback statistically at the end of next season if you make these these changes. Let me ask you another follow up question to that uh, sure. before I before I ask you if you think this gets me to my win total. Uh, can you name a better number three wide receiver in the league than Devontae Parker? No, that would be huge. That would be huge. I mean, I would make the argument in Minnesota. Uh, if if Thielen's the wide receiver three over there, but he didn't have a great year last year. Well, yeah, but Hawkinson's not a wide receiver; he's a tight end. You can't. We're, not, we're we can't count. We're not just counting no. pants. Like Kelsey no. doesn't count in in Kansas City, because like in uh, that he, case, in that because he he's, just he basically plays receiver, and that makes their third wide receiver Valdez Scantling, who's like pretty fucking good. Um, I would say that that guy, Travis Kelsey is their good. best is their best pass catcher, right? But. But on the depth chart, wide hands. receiver. If we're putting yeah, which we are, players, which we are. I, but can I name a better third wide receiver? Who's the third guy in Miami after uh, Tyree Kill and uh, and uh, Waddle? Waddle? I can't his name, Jalen Waddle. Because like I those are because th- that's a great top two, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, you're doing great. You're doing great at wide receiver at this point, and you're kind of going the opposite way that that I I'm going because I'm building from the inside out. I'm building back a core. I'm making them young. I'm putting them together. I'm making them athletic. I'm making them explosive. Uh, but no one's standing out hugely, except that maybe edge rush and, and defensive tackle. Those are my big, you know, drafting and signings. You're going for I was, going for splashes. But I would say that the difference here, uh, in, in, like in between these splashes and what happened with the Patriots two years ago, is two years ago Bill Belichick spent 195 million dollars of guaranteed money to already make splashes. 
Right. So like there, there, and there already is a core. Like the Bears are, in, or, or I would say, in a they're in different position, positions for sure. But a, but a better one because they're so young and the expectations that this isn't a knock are, are a little bit lower. That you can build from oh, the totally. inside, and, and then you become like a, uh, you know, I hope for you, like a Chiefs like team in four years, where yeah, you, th- that's that's all of your homegrown talent, and now all of you, that now that your entire roster is playing on their their fourth out of their fifth year contract. Yeah, right. And all, and also, you know, it's not an easy task, but put in the context of where the Patriots are, it's an easier task than that, right? Because, I mean, look, if if Justin Fields doesn't pan out. I think he's good, but there's still obviously people that doubt him. I think there's a ton of arm talent there, personally, and I know that it's going to live yeah. on that. You know, it's not going to be he's not going to go and win you a Super Bowl based on how how good his highlights scrambling after the play breaks down look like. It's just not it's not going to be the case. But if he's that fucking dangerous as a runner and he can learn to really pass the ball and Eberflus builds a defense, then we'll, you know, watch out. But it's kind of a it's kind of a blank slate you know what i mean like you're drawing a picture you're trying to edit a picture that already exists and a culture that already exists and kind of starting fresh does feel a little bit better i think because you don't want to be stuck in the middle forever um, i ask you a, a kind of an off-topic question yeah if you had the chance to trade justin fields for what uh for whatever draft capital or whatever wide receiver you, you could get right would you bring in lamar would you rather have lamar jackson or justin Jimmer? no i would rather have justin fields Thank Christ you said there's that. Just no, because... there's, just, there's just no world in which I want Lamar Jackson instead of Justin Fields. And it's not because I think Lamar Jackson's a bad quarterback. It's just, it's based a ton on the fact that, I mean, I'm just being pragmatic. Like, I don't sure. want to give up, like, how much, he's looking for a fully guaranteed contract in, in Baltimore. He's going he's gonna to go and ask them for a full guarantee on his contract. I yeah. never want to give that to a player, ever. I, like, there's no player in which I would ever give that to. He's basing it off of the absolutely bananas contract that uh, the Browns gave to fucking uh, Rub and Tug. And the entire, uh, <laughs> the, the entire uh, quarterback contract scales being fucked up from that. I don't want to be the, the, I don't want to bear the brunt of that with my franchise. It's fucking ridiculous. I'm not going to give him a fully guaranteed contract. Also, Justin Fields is still in his rookie contract. Like that's just that's just a no-brainer to me. Also, again, it's got nothing to do with Lamar's talent, but you know what what are we gonna do that Baltimore didn't it's because I, I am critical about what Baltimore kind of put around him. I think that they they really let the ass fall out of that team and they tried to kind of patch it up towards the end. But now I'm looking at what his what his money demands are, and I'm like, I'm not sure you want to win, dude, because I don't think if you ask a team for that contract that they're going to be realistically able to put a good team around you. I, I just don't know how you, like, you have to get really lucky with a lot of draft picks if you want to make a team really good when $200 million of your salary cap is guaranteed to Lamar Jackson. Like, And then right. there's a chance if he gets hurt or he doesn't he gives up and he doesn't want to play anymore and he Russell Wilson's your fucking team, then... <laughs> You're then and all that money's guaranteed. Like there's no year where you can cut him in the offseason and get some of that money back so you can actually start trying to make moves to be a winning team again. The fuck out of here, dude. It's not gonna work. Also, so the biggest problem in Chicago is that everyone still goes to the goddamn games. Everyone's there's there's no world in which you're not packing out soldier fucking field every week. So the a lot of the time, you know, a lot of the criticism is maybe that the owners, you know, sweet old lady that she is, uh, and the Hallis family, like that have owned the Bears forever are not motivated by anything because like they don't, they're not gonna make that much more money if they're sure, you know, if they're, if they're team, cause like we pack out the stadium every single week and everybody buys the merch and there's Chicago bears fans all over the world. It's not a small franchise, uh, but that won't last forever. You know, as, as loyal as the fan base is, that just won't last forever. So uh, Lamar Jackson comes in, takes all that guaranteed money and then just fucks and takes a shit and like walks away. I would be, <laughs> I would be up at night. I would be up at night if we signed him to that contract. I would not be able to sleep. I'd be staring at the ceiling, thinking about what a terribly irresponsible move that would be for my franchise. And I feel the same way about the Baltimore Ravens. They should not give him guarantee money. Like, that's crazy. Wholeheartedly agree, just for different reasons. I think I've, I've, you don't I've think already he's that explored good. those. You don't think he's that good? I don't. I think he's that good in the regular season. I think you can figure him out in the postseason. Yeah. And I think history I mean, would. It's on my side there. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a definite argument to be but, made for that fact, but. I, I do have a question. Uh, just as an innocent bystander, knowing that your your skill position 
uh, isn't that great, right? So uh, I mean, I think it's like I said, I think it's a little underrated. I think Chase Claypool can make make an impact. I think, season. I think Darnell Mooney can have a better season than he had last season. I think David Montgomery is a top ten, probably eleventh best running back. You so know, I think Claypool could be a, a really good number one if he had a solid number two, and I think Tooney's best number. I think one of the best number threes out there. My question to you is. Knowing that Juju Smith Schuster was only making three million dollars a year in Kansas City, yeah, that's crazy. why would why wouldn't you take a flyer on him as your number two? Oh, I would, t- I would take him, yeah, no problem, right? Because yeah, no then, problem. because then, is you, he available? Cannot, dude, I didn't see him on yes, any free a, agency. Board. He's, he's a free agent. He's a free I thought agent. they were going to trade him back or sign him back. I mean, they haven't. That's interesting. Well, they can't. Free agency starts on the, on the tenth, right, but, or the fourteenth, but. I mean, if in your in your fantasy world, yeah, I would take him no get, problem. Because that's you, the thing that I've been wrestling. Lazard, I, or you take them both. Okay, so that that's the thing I've been wrestling with myself too, right? Is that that sounds naughty? But like, if, <laughs> if, you, if you could, if he made if he made three million dollars this year, and he, had a, he had a pretty good year. Yeah, well, let's just let's just assume that he's. Gonna it's not even make that much like, of a flyer. Like he got better as the year went on. Let's just assume that he wants to make like double or even triple that nine million dollars a year. Yeah, nine okay. million. Yeah, I mean, if Michael Thomas is 10, I'm taking Juju at nine over Michael yes. Thomas at 10. You know what I mean? Like, All day. It's a no-brainer. That's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, I would definitely take that. And actually, I like the look at the skill positions if we get Juju in. I know my fantasy skill positions are a little underwhelming, but again, I'm trying to well, limit they're, pressure. They're practical. On, I'm trying to limit pressure on fields. I What I don't want is I don't want, want 10,000 tweets to the to the effect of, Oh my God, you gave him DeAndre Hopkins and look like he threw two picks today. Like, I don't want that. Like he's 23. We're in the age of the fucking internet. He needs a little time to get used to the, to the place. We need to give him a full season of being fully protected by a good offensive line. So he can like learn the X's and O's up his completion percentage. Like, I know this is going to sound a little preposterous, but I, I genuinely believe that he could have what probably shouldn't be, but definitely is the the qualities of an NFL MVP season. Like what you want, what what the NFL decides is the most valuable player of the regular season to me is not what I don't think what the award should be. Like I like the the parameters of what they clearly think is the MVP uh, or how they, how they clearly decide is like not what I think. I, I think the best player of that, of the season should get MVP. I think that there's a definite perspective in the NFL where it's like, I think there's a little bit of a popularity contest that goes into it. I think there's a little bit of a highlights contest that go into it. I think it's like, who is the most exciting? Who sold the most jerseys? Like the NFL is a well-oiled machine. Like naming an MVP is an algorithm for them. To, and that's just a fact. Uh, I, I think that Tom Brady, you know, he has what I call the LeBron James curse. I think that Tom Brady could have won 10 MVPs. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, if you look back on those seasons and you go, why were the Patriots good? Who was their most valuable player and who was right. more value? Who was the most valuable player to their team? Uh, you know, who would, who would need even looking at it even more literally, who would need the most value traded for them to go get them? Who would need the most things traded for them to go, go get them? So Pat Mahomes in my mind has been the MVP for the last five years, yeah. but, but not on those parameters. I could see Justin <laughs> Fields having a fucking banana season where he's on the fucking, Sports Center top 10 every week. And the NFL goes, oh, those Justin Fields jerseys are selling like hotcakes. Oh, shit. Those are the, our editors are having a real easy time cutting together promos for like these games. We got to get him on national television. We got to give him the MVP award. And I could see it happening. So, yeah, he has a guy like Juju, those those skill positions, that kind of stuff. Also, we would ask him to do something very different than Kansas City asked him to do. We would ask him to be himself, I think, a little bit more like how he was in, in right. Kansas I, I would be excited about that, definitely. And also, to, to it, it, in my mind, I'm trying to sell you on this. If you have a a solid borderline number two, number one receiver, or like like Juju, you've a, you're now taking the pressure off of Claypool. Yeah, you've now you've now allowed. Well, to, I think to, to, to your to, point, to be, honestly, about Claypool. To your point, I think he. I don't think he's a number one, but I think in reverse, I think he could be a really great number two if we got him got a really good number one in there. If that makes more sense, right? Like I think well, I don't think he's a number one wide receiver to be honest. If if you have Claypool, Juju, and Tooney on the field, you can't double either of them. That's and true. You, I mean, we've really. already seen that work. We've literally already right. seen that work with like a fucking floppy arm Ben Ben Roethlisberger. 
Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, so. But then to your to your point to protect fields, commits there. Yeah. Like just like commit take all the underneath routes all year long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that will Absolutely. increase it. That will increase. Give them that draw. Give, give them that check down. Right? Give them that check down option. Give them the give them the run pass option. Run a zone run. Right. Uh, you know, with with the offensive lineman, I'm I'm talking about going to get. Yeah, we could be at least fun to watch. I mean, we were fun to watch last year just because of Justin Fields. It'd be nice for them to be fun to watch because of a few guys. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Let me ask you this: redraft Mac Jones and Justin Fields draft again. You still want Justin Fields, or now that you yeah, let's those, dude, but now I, that you I, put all those guys around this, Mac this Jones, key, this keyboard right here is a replacement keyboard because I smashed the other one. <laughs> When the when the Bears straightened up to draft Justin Fields, so yes, I think there was this whole like, oh, th- there's never been a good o- Ohio State quarterback. Sure, there hasn't been a Justin Fields in a very long time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's so stupid too. It's like, it's there. There isn't a good quarterback to come out of their co- that college until there is. <laughs> you know what I mean, right. like that's right. Just, like... And everyone's like, oh well, Mac Jones threw for forty five hundred yards and amazing completion percentage. Look at who. He had, yeah, Devonta, Jalen Waddle. I mean, yeah, but give him some weapons in the NFL. Your point is is a valid, right? One. You know, you got to put him in those same certain, not the same circumstances, but if he's if if he's proven a couple of things, which is I think that his mind works at an NFL level. I think that his arm talent can make him serviceable. But I agree with you, not in a situation where he doesn't have anybody. He's not. There's four or five guys that can be great without any real weapons, you know, like and I think that the problem in New England is that you had one of those guys for two decades. Right. And right. I think that people's brains are not adjusting to the fact that you don't have that anymore. And a lot of people look at Mac Jones and say, like, just be better. Just be Tom Brady. <laughs> you know what but I mean? but also like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work, dude. I, I, I'm not. I, this isn't reimagining the wheel, right? The top SEC quarterbacks in college usually falter when they go to the NFL because they don't have talent around them. Sure. The most the, the the two most prominent quarterbacks out well, of the Well in SEC, reverse though, right? They don't falter because they don't have talent around them. They're they're asked to do a thing that they've never had to do before because all the best skill position players came out of teams they either played against or played for, right? So right. they're asked to do a new thing. So they're just a it's a little bit more difficult to judge what kind of quarterback they're going to be. But then they're kind of hung with those, like he's a victim of his own success in a, in a way with those stats that he came out of college with. Yeah, like I feel like a lot of people would have thrown for those numbers with the guys that he had around him. But right. why not? You to your point, why not put guys around him again? See how that but, works. So, but there's but there's a reason why, like one of the best college quarterbacks of all time, like or the best college quarterbacks of all, uh, of all time, Tim Tebow, is out of the league. Asian McCarron out of the league. Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow are still in the league. Why? Deshaun Watson was drafted by the Houston Texans, had had D-Hop and Will Fuller. Will Fuller cannot stay healthy, but when he is healthy, he's fucking electric. Joe well, Burrow, the, I wouldn't the say that. I wouldn't say that the, his weapons were the only reason he was good in, in Houston, to be honest. I think it's a little really? reductionist. Yeah, I do. He, he, had, he had Aaron Foster at, at, at the height of his powers, Hopkins at the height of his powers, and Will Fuller, who... Nobody fucking knew who that guy was. Yeah. Okay. So I, he was I, also, I think I think it's I guess he was also an explosive athlete. Yes. Uh, like an unbelievable runner. Had was probably probably got better from his last year in college to his first year in the NFL. Like he wasn't he wasn't any he wasn't a fucking scrub, you know what I mean? He even had a good game in Cleveland last year. <laughs> so like and like that might work out still. So it's fair to say, right? I, I would it's fair to say And Joe that, Burrow also like but to your point about Jamar Joe Burrow, Chase, he brought his guy with him. <laughs> like that's right. that's a di- like that's the thing to do. Like you could use that model, you know, oh, use that model. Yes. Like where when was the and it it seems it seems overly simple, honestly. But like I think a lot of times that NFL teams might be a little bit of victims of their own like over analysis. It's like put him in a in the situation where he was successful before. Like that's exactly. it's just it's a completely valid point because Joe Burrow. Yeah, like he's great. I, I'm not knocking Joe Burrow. I think he's going to win a fucking Super Bowl sooner rather than later. I think in the next three years, we see a Cincinnati Bengals Super Bowl. To be perfectly honest with you, probably five years before Josh Allen does. I don't know if Josh Allen's ever winning a Super Bowl, but I'm going to save those oh. takes for next season. Uh, the, yeah, I, I, you just give me a bonus. It's not that. honestly the, the telltale, the necrosis that that is set into that Bills team is is worrying. I would be worried. I, I think that yep. there's some people have a 
People have evaluated and pinpointed things to make them lose in key situations. And it's not a good look for Josh Allen. And it's he needs to get his head right. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Point being, I think, yes, I think Mac Jones is above average as a quarterback. I think he's got arm talent. I think his best talent, and I think this is why the Patriots drafted him, is that he's smart. I think that he makes good decisions. I think he gets a, gets quick sanity from time to time. Uh, and, and I do think that like he definitely does have that like if it starts going wrong, then it goes really wrong thing. But I yep. think to your point, you can put him in a position where this never starts starts going wrong because Brady uh, Belichick sort of started protecting him from that anyway, right? Like he hasn't let him hang himself in a, in a in a while. So so you know sometimes there was a lot of pressure too. I think I think the protection you're going to provide him is is helpful. But yeah, I mean I think. I think it could be reduced down to like give anybody those two guys and they're going to have a good season. But I do think that Mac Jones could actually is exactly the guy to benefit from that. But like it's it's, exactly it's, the guy to benefit again, from that. it's proven though. Like we, as, as you said, I, I would say Watson Burrow, I would say Jalen Hurts. You surround him with Devontae Smith and, and, and AJ Brown. Perfect. A lot of talent on that Eagles team. Two for sure. Tua. Yeah. Tua, you, you, you bring in, you, you bring in Tyree Kill and Jalen yeah. Waddle. Like they're for, for quarterbacks that, that, have been around top tier talent their entire lives and you've seen how good they can be your duty if you can do it as a gm or a head coach it's to do that in the nfl i agree i agree all right we got a couple minutes left and i just want to end on this last question we've talked about the bears offseason we've talked about the patriots offseason we've made the bears and the patriots into the two best teams that ever assembled now one thing we were going to do uh before bobby couldn't was we were going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and what he wanted to do. I want your opinion. I know you didn't prep for this, but like roughly, what would you do for Bob? Just, for, you know, shout out to our friend who couldn't make it to, to do the show with us tonight. What would you do for Bobby's team? What would you do for the Dallas Cowboys in the offseason? Because my first step would be shoot Dak Prescott, uh, kidnap Ezekiel Elliott's lawyer, and get him to uh, draft a contract that gets them out of that terrible, <laughs> terrible guaranteed money contract they're, they're looped into with him. And, uh, Honestly, they need to go get those guys you're talking about for New England. I don't know if they can, but like, God damn, that receiving core is terrible. What would you do over there? Uh, so I would sign OBJ. Yeah, I think they're going to do that. I would trade Ezekiel Elliott, your first round pick and your second round pick for DK Metcalf. Ooh, you think they'd do that? You think Seattle would do that? I mean, they're, they're in a, they're, they need to rebuild, I guess. Kind of. Well, as long as Seattle, like, as long as they side uh, Gino, I think they're fine. Yeah. yeah. And then, honestly, for if we're just falling here, I would trade Dak Prescott for Aaron Rodgers. You think that they would do that straight up? I think that Dallas needs to win now, and if Green Bay has already establish the fact that they're not going to be in a winning mode right now. Jordan, Jordan, Dak Prescott is better than Jordan loves. They have to change that whole offense. If they get Aaron Rodgers in there, they have to start running like a full blown West coast. It's like it's, it's Mike McCarthy, dude. Yeah, but they don't, they already don't like each other. I, 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 it's going to be that same offense that already didn't work in green Bay. Except for the time that it did. Yeah, because everybody else sucked. <laughs> like the fucking, a fucking Jay Cutler almost knocked him out of the fucking NFC Championship game. Okay, but let me but, ask you a question. You have you have huh, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Pollard, OBJ, CD Lamb, <laughs> and, and that same defense. They're at least getting to the NFC title game. It's going to be hilarious. Like it's going to be so good for content because like right. Aaron Rodgers is like so dysfunctional in his own brain and. The Dallas Cowboys are just like such drama drama queens that like I just think it would be hilarious. I, I would I would have no idea. It could go really well, like on paper talent wise. Yeah, there's a lot of talent there, but goddamn, that could go tits up so fast. What would you do? I would, to be perfectly honest, do whatever you could to get Ezekiel Elliott out of there. Make Tony Pollard the RB one. That's your first priority. Second priority is go get just some names, just some bodies at wide receiver. Uh, you have CeeDee Lamb in there. That's good. You sign OBJ. I think that's a good call. Go get Lazard if if he's available. Or uh, Jacoby Myers. Or Jacoby Myers. Get some guys, run them through the practice squad. Like, 
see what fucking Aguilar is up to. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't also, matter. They don't. They don't need to be nasty. Just like get, you need to like fill out that wide receiver room. Like, it's just it's it's necessary. By the way, that was that's the, the number one wide receiver room in the league according to Bobby in August. But like, don't. <laughs> it was August though. Lots happens. Don't. It, it was still just CD Lamb. <laughs> don't. Don't touch the defense. No, don't touch the defense. Leave the defense alone. Uh, you know, extend who you need to extend or whatever. And then I would trade Dak Prescott if you can. It would be a blockbuster. I would trade Dak Prescott to somewhere. Oh, I, I didn't prep for this. So off the top of my head. It's your cool question, but. I would trade Dak to. Because it's tough. You can't trade a, a quarterback for a wide receiver, really, because. I know. Uh, the quarterback's going to be like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, why would you trade away my weapons and like expect me to do good? So maybe you could just work something. You get rid of Dak. To give you more time to think about this, let me just ask you a question. Do you think that Dak for Aaron Rodgers would go through? I, I feel like that would be really favorable to the Cowboys. But if the, if the Packers wanted to do that, then like more power to you, I guess. But I think, to me, it's you trade Dak for some pieces, some offensive pieces, wherever that might be, and you just sign Derek Carr. Oh. He's not he's not worse than Dak Prescott. Jimmy G. Sure. Sure. Jimmy Rogers. Derek Carr is worse than Dak Prescott. I don't know if he is. You do know that he is. I don't know. You, you, You've seen it. Like you've seen seasons of him. I just, I just, Dak Prescott's fucking so average. Like he's just so, they're, they're the same. You know, like he's right. so but because he's a cowboy quarterback. By, but because, by the Cowboys, because he's the cowboy yeah. quarterback, he's inflated. Yeah. I promise you, if you strip away uh, the fact he's a cowboy, like if, if Dak Prescott was the quarterback of the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah. And Derek Carr was the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. You would say that Dak Prescott is better than Derek Carr. Right, maybe, maybe, maybe Derek Carr. He's pretty terrible. But yeah, Jimmy G. I, I don't know. That's ugh, that doesn't work. It's something something like fizzes in my head when I think about Jimmy G as the Cowboys quarterback. It doesn't make any sense. But like injury prone, like good looking guy. As a Dallas Cowboy quarterback, there's that doesn't feel like it's fate. Yeah. I just I feel like they need to get rid of Dak. I, I really do. I think it's time. Yes. It's like you're wasting your time at this point. And if you don't want to do a full rebuild and you want to try and win with that defense, you just get someone comparable in there. Like, no, or not even comparable. Like, somebody that's just going to guide your team to success. Like, Jimmy G would be perfect. I was thinking you could ask Derek Carr to just, like, not do too much. You know, like, hand the ball off a lot. I don't think you're paying him what they're paying him in Las Vegas, at, uh, even close at this point. So, like, great. You know, you get him on the cheap, probably cheaper than Dak. Give him a few weapons, like you said. Yeah, Jimmy G would be a better sign. I agree. Plus, what's the backup's name? He was pretty good. He had a couple of pretty good games because of how good the defense. I forget the fucking backup's name in uh in well, it's, in, it's not Tanucci because he's in the XFL now. No, he did pretty good for a couple of for a couple of games this year. Hold on, is he still there? Dallas. All I know is you know it's twenty twenty three. I don't know if this could happen, but I'm pretty sure this conversation is going to give Bobby a contraction. Cooper Rush. Yeah, I get Cooper Rush in there. Just he fucking just, just nah, he was fine. He was fine. You're just you're building around your you're building around your defense. You trade that, use that money to make the defense even better. I mean, didn't the Bears have the best defense in the league in two thousand and six? And they had Kyle Orton? No, I mean, no. We had, we had we had the best defense in the league in two thousand six. We had Rex Grossman. Didn't Kyle Orton start the Super Bowl? No, Rex Grossman started the Super Bowl. And we lost because of Rex Grossman. Right. So like it's not the same thing. It. It's not the same thing. It's not. We played against it's, Peyton Manning. That's it's, it's, it's he was on a fucking mission to, to to he came back against the Patriots that year. We weren't winning that game. Doesn't it didn't matter who was that fucking quarterback. But sure. that defense got us there. I think I mean you you've seen the, the transformation over the last couple of years of what, what gets you to a to a ship now is you need to fucking you need to be able to rush. You need to be able to put pressure on the quarterback with three guys. Dallas can do that. They can full on do that. And I don't I think that they need anyone special at quarterback to win. I think that we're past the point of needing one that, of the best wide, best quarterbacks in the league to win a Super Bowl. Although to that, Patrick Mahomes is the best one right. and he just won. But still. <laughs> to that point, before you wrap it up, just to send Bobby over a fucking cliff. 
I do. I, I agree with you that you don't need the best quarterback in the league. If you can, if you can offload Dak for a plethora of draft picks or a skill position, yeah. But you still, you still have one of the two people that we just named as wide receiver, either either OBJ. You you pick Matt Ryan. No. Oh. <laughs> oh my. God. Why? Because I think that the day that Matt Ryan actually blows another lead in a Super Bowl and he's the Cowboys quarterback, I think this. I think that the universe. Like he's in another championship game after that college game against Virginia Tech, and then, and then sure. the worst comeback defeat in the history of the Super Bowl, and then he does then it for the, the Dallas worst. Cowboys. I think that Bobby's rage makes the universe implode, and that's how life as we know it is extinct. It's because Matt Ryan was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys one year. Yeah, all right. I mean, that'll be fun though. That'll that'll be fun to watch. So fun. Uh, yeah, I think Jimmy G would be a best case scenario there. What about you guys getting Jimmy G with all those fucking weapons? No. That you're that you want? No, it's not. You're just sticking with Mac, the Mac attack. Okay, so Mac is is a proven winner when he has talent around him. So just put talent around him, Solid. and he'll win. And he'll win. Yeah, and Jimmy G's not going to stay healthy, so like you don't really want to put your you don't want to hang your hat on that. Uh, right. On that it's it's just it's proven at this point. He will get hurt. All right, cool. Well, I think we both made our teams better. Hopefully, uh, when I send these with this uh, recording over to our respective GMs, they they take a listen. Uh, but that was a fun, uh, you know, be a GM for the day. And uh, well, I'll let Bobby know we we did the Cowboys, even though he wasn't here. And we didn't treat him nice. We didn't take him out to dinner. Uh, we didn't even put any lube on. We just fucked him. So uh, sorry, Dak. Although we made his team better, though. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be hard for him to accept. But that's definitely right. true. All right, Mike. Well, thanks for coming in. Uh, this has been another edition of the Missing the Point football show, formerly the uh, power ranking show, then the playoff show, then the. Super Bowl preview show. Now it's the fuck our team suck show. And uh, this is how we make them better. Let's talk about it. And uh, keep listening for all your Celtics, Bruins, NHL, NBA, NFL needs. And this week, I'm also going to put up a MMA preview show that I'm almost done prepping. I'm going to record it tomorrow for the big John Jones, Cyril Gaunt heavyweight title for the world. Uh, UFC fight this, this weekend. So give a listen to that. Check my oil. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Good night. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the shit? No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown! On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.